Hello, hello, hello. What's crickety cracking, home weebs? This is your main boy, best boy, trademark, and I'm here to reveal the good shit. This episode, we got some doozies, we got some goodies, we got some 10 out of 10 anime here, and I'm not even going to tell you which one until we get there because you got some real bad hoes around these parts i'm talking poison i'm talking bad bees that will end your life sit on your face with the thighs and crush it straight up let's dive into this we hitting with the goodness y'all ain't ready y'all 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 were never ready kaguya summer love is war is something i got very familiar with very quickly I read the manga for this so I knew what I was getting into but seeing it in front of me in 4k is honestly something very different. I've noticed uh, so little negativity for this show which I am loving because this show stays so true to the source material that it's kind of hard to tell which came first. The chicken, jerk, the flawless animations, the way that the characters are all designed so specifically and given such individual personalities, this is what a good anime is. What's it about, you ask? You fool. You absolute buffoon. In this world, in relationships, there exists such an obvious power struggle for domination that all leads to the one fact, that the person who confesses their love first is the loser. Kaguya and uh, Miyuki are those people, constantly waiting for the other to confess their love first, but it won't happen. It don't happen. For six months. <laughs> for six straight months. And that's where we come in, joining our heroes and our heroine needles in a battle of wits and psychological warfare based on uh, military tactics. We find Kaguya and Miyuki constantly fighting for the opposite's affection and uh, honest man, we're so close every single time, but we we have the chaos theory incarnate, Chika, Queen Chika, absolute hero of the lands, someone to trust and love forever, does one dance one time and that's enough, that's enough to get the world to love you, which is completely fair enough, cause Chika was my wallpaper since the moment I saw that dance. I knew my heart belonged to Chika. Kaguya is not it. <laughs> she, Kaguya is a member of the Shinomiya household, which is amazing at pretty much everything in the world ever, except for beating Miyuki in exams. And Miyuki Shiragane is a filthy commoner who works harder than anyone in the damn world for real. Maximum points in all subjects except for sports. My man exceeds expectations in damn near everything, including last-minute cramming, studying overall, learning a whole ass language, learning riddles. My man straight goes the extra mile every mile to make sure he stays on top, which is not only uh, commendable, it's damn near inspiring. Chica is Chica, and obviously there are so many more characters to meet and fall in love with, but you'll see them down the line. <laughs> you'll, you'll see, you'll see. The story revolves around uh, two sundereis uh, trying to get the other person to admit their love for the other using military tactics and psychological warfare, and it goes so far. It, we, we won't get any plot in the show, but for real, for real, do, do we need it? Do we need it when the humour comes this heavy? Probably not, because uh, the world is uh, built so beautifully that I don't even need titty anymore. All I need is sundere sadism and uh, chica. <laughs> So let's talk a little uh, world building in terms of schools. When you hear Shujin Academy, do you hear Shujin Academy or do you hear Shujin Academy? Because I, I, I got into the seconds after playing Persona 5 and I got myself fucked up for a second. They are not the same school, <laughs> not even in the slightest. Because this school uh, has so much drip. <laughs> 
like the, 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 the school uniforms hard. The student council president, um, Yuki Shiragane, has a solid gold chain around his neck like Quavo, straight given to him by the school. Now every time I hear the name of the academy, I can't help but hear the full narration in my head like the, the Shuchin Academy. It's like, obviously I can't do it. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I can't stop hearing it. On that, let's talk something beautiful about the music and how it improves on so many moments in show, making every scenario so much more dramatic and exciting. There's so much emotion, raw emotion and inspiration embedded into this show, giving it such an aesthetic and cinematic feel to the accomplishments in show. We see so many moments where failure is something that we just have to get to terms with. Since the episodes being separated into separate battles, we find a lot of battles have winners and losers, and sometimes you won't even know that a battle is going on, giving the winner that perspective battle, uh, of, of that perspective battle, an even more surprising reveal. Plus, we also have Chaos Theory Chica, who can destroy any situation just by thinking hard enough, and realistically, sometimes we just straight up don't get a winner, it's just a draw, or maybe it's both lose. I, I could talk for hours about like how much excitement this show has inside of it, but what I've really got to point out is that there's really not much in terms of action fantasy. So we don't have like a beach episode, nor plot, nor uh, a beach episode. Obviously, we nearly had the beach episode, but it was stolen from us by a cruel god who doesn't value what we want in life. But goddamn, did I know for a fact that this is worth watching. I constantly waited until I can watch the next episode, and the moment that the episode is on screen, you can bet your dick and balls I'm constantly staring at it directly, eyes glued, my heart's pounding, I, I'm trying so hard not to laugh every three minutes, but I can't help it sometimes. The show honestly just excretes wholesome energy, and I would show this uh, show to your dad and your mum. And this could maybe even be classified as a gateway anime, not into degeneracy, no, no, that's prison school. This is a gateway anime into good comedy. Woohoo, how about that? So, um, Kaguya Summer, Love is War, gets a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10? That doesn't sound right. 7 out of 10. That's the business. 7 out of 10. Woohoo! Magical Senpai is an absolute fucking gem, and I'm going to show this to my grandma. We've seen Slice of Lives, we've seen Daily Lives of High School Boys, so this kind of makes sense. It's a series of uncomfortable, unfortunate attempts at magic, but one way or another it's going to mess up, and it does. Usually pretty terribly, but it's so cute and also so ridiculously edgy that I can't ever help but love this. The show revolves around Senpai, a high school girl in high school who wants to start up a magic club in her high school. Seems simple enough, right? Wrong. Magical Senpai will have you rock hard by episode one. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> we have about five characters you really gotta care about, and the rest are NPCs. The amount of magic coherence in this is so smooth. We have tricks practiced early, performed later, better, maybe, sometimes, but what we get is a performance, and most of the time the audience doesn't really vibe, but who's the audience here? It's me, and I'm loving this shit. A massive combination of, of plot, underwear, comedy performance all rolled into one and it's not even nearly on purpose. The fact that most of these lewd happenings are by accident is actually the cherry. These boys are so memorable, we got a fat dude, we got a dude called Assistant, that's his name. Assistant is a man of culture through and through, 
whenever there's plot involved, you know that my man is on the case, making sure that the plot is there for the gang to appreciate. My one gripe with the show is the lack of content when it comes to fleshing out characters, but I believe that that is the point of characters being thrown in mid-series, is that there's always going to be some kind of mystery surrounding them, but if you go out of your way to explain the entire story, there's nothing to make the character interesting from that point onwards. Every episode is about 12 minutes long, so it's super easy to finish this in about an hour and an, an hour and a half, two hours and a half even. On top of that, we also have a beach episode. <laughs> yes, where we get like fireworks and uh, magic all in the same place. What a treat! Unfortunately, there's uh, not entirely much else to explain about the show except for. Uh, senpai having performance anxiety and literally being unable to perform magic in front of everyone every time. So we do get a few cute little scenes of her practicing magic very well and super aesthetically for a um, for a short while until someone walks in. But there's always like a solemn wholesomeness that comes with assistant pretending to be asleep so that senpai could perform magic in front of an actual living soul. And it kind of hit me in my soul when she could perform it properly. But seeing her get all nervous when someone's in the room always kind of hurts me to this day. Unfortunately, Magical Senpai has no final awakening. The music is kind of man, there's no real emotional excitement. But I honestly had a lot of fun regardless. So let's let's give my boys a, a 7 out of 10. 7. Beautiful 7. So we're going to talk loads about this one. <laughs> this one amazing anime you probably never even heard of called School Days. <laughs> and I'm going to spoil the hell out of the plots, but not the last episode. So... So here goes. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's just get started. So, School Days is about the best damn show we could ever watch in life, ever. We start the entire story with Chad King, Makoto Ito, who really trying to pipe Katonaha. But Sekai comes around and sets them up. Then it turns out that Sekai has a thing for Makoto, so she makes a move. Then she says some head arsery, like how all friends make passes on each other and, you know, kiss and hold hands and practice sex and every now and then. So they keep doing it for a good long time. They go further. They disguise it as practice. But we know. <laughs> we know. Obviously, my man gets hella feelings for Sekai because Kotonaha isn't vibing with Makoto's absurd and celestial chattery. So... Makoto does what any King Chad would do and he falls in love with the side hoe. And people kind of notice. <laughs> a lot. Sekai's friend and possible wingwoman Setsuna, in fact, Setsuna tries so hard to get Makoto to stick with Sekai that she does what any normal friend would do and pipes him too. So, so now we've got girls one, two and three all fucking the same nigga. And really, where could we go wrong? <laughs> oh boy. Chad King Makoto has finally got what any cultured man has ever dreamed of. Three hoes. But wait, there's so much more. Because he gets smashed by the girl who bullied Katonaha in the first place. Which we'll call girls uh, 4, 5 and 6. But did I say we're done? <laughs> oh boy. No, no, no. Not at all. Not even the slightest. Because even the fucking girl who likes Makoto's best friend wants to fuck him too. 
So let's backtrack there for a second. Chad King Makoto beats Cheeks on girls 1, 2, and 3, proceeds to say fuck it, slides in the walls of, of girls 4, 5, and 6, and then he hits 7 from the back. And what happens afterwards? Honestly, what happens afterwards? School, says, school days takes place over about a whole Japanese year and ends just after Christmas. So even though you might be thinking, fuck me, this child is sweeping the floor with hose left, right and centre. I want you to keep in mind that this man ain't just beating cheeks daily. No, no, no. He's beating cheeks bi-weekly, which is a lot more respectable. Despite the fact that Chad King has a brain replaced with a bag of screws, we can only really assume that he has one of these screws loose when he makes a stupidest decision and masks them off as not wanting to say no to a girl, which is a gamer move. Not a Chad move at all, there's, there's a difference. It's at this point that I'd really like to remind everyone that School Days was a visual novel before it was an anime, so there are a lot of choices will a lot of choices will get a little bizarre at times when Makoto decides, hmm, yeah, I could probably juggle seven hoes at once. But that's all really promptly disregarded when you quickly notice that all the girls have literally never seen a dude in their life, especially one that fucks like my man does. Goddamn. Which brings me to the most problematic question I ask myself. Is this exciting? Not really. <laughs> Not at all. Really. It's more suspenseful than anything, since it's regarded as the most trash anime in all of anime history, I'd have to somewhat disagree, since I watched this entire series front to back and I didn't entirely love this show, obviously, but I couldn't really stop watching it no matter what I tried. The moment that an episode ended, my jaw dropped, I took a breather, I started smoking again, I went through a 20 and I went back to the show. I have never felt more stress experiencing the story of King Chad and his ascension into celestial chaddery, but I have never felt prouder of another man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I, I can't say that the character is... The character... The character is? The characters are as memorable as I wish they were, but they aren't. The only reason that they are somewhat memorable to me is that they got their cheeks beat and they bitched about it after they went back for seconds. So, so the main memorable love triangle is, this is the one you've really got to pay attention to because it's the only real thing that matters. The main memorable love triangle is the relationship between Makoto and Sekai and also the relationship between Makoto and Katonaha. People get in the way. As Makoto is kind of torn, does he want to be with Katonaha, his first love, the girl he had a crush on since he saw her humongous breasticles on that train that one time and won't let him touch them? Or does he choose the girl who lied to him forever because she secretly had a crush on him too and keeps on making visible and physical passes at him, tricking him into the idea that he's in love with someone who he was never entirely in love with from the start? Is this? I don't want to believe it is. Is this the true war of the waifus? Can we confirm? <laughs> we can confirm uh, the, the, uh, with, with utmost pride that Makoto achieves final awakening status as his uh, schoolgirl lolly harem swoon at his feet. He just keeps on getting worse as a person. <laughs> as every time he gets a chance to lie, he'll do it to protect his virginity from growing back. That, even though he's got a fucking girlfriend he wants to stay with, Girls keep taking him away from the path to faithfulness, and honestly man, what a fucking chad for real. So, with all this information, is School Days a 10 out of 10? Kind of. School Days has no beach episode. <laughs> School Days is a 9 out of 10. 
<laughs> so there's a verdict but there's a final verdict school days nine out of ten you heard it here today folks school days nine out of ten we're in 2020 here ladies and weebs so i hope you got your mask on that is <laughs> your animal mask because we're being teleported into the fantasy world of Kimono Michi Rise Up, a story about a wrestler, Animal Mask, also known as Genzo, and his main goal of defeating the beast men and subjugating the demon lord. Except he doesn't actually do that at all. Instead, my man suplexes a princess and anyone else who opposes him, and then fucking dips to start a pet shop and domesticate and sell wild animals to the common folk. Seems pretty cool. Seems like a great plan, except that there's one thing, one, <laughs> one tiny thing. Who, who's gonna defeat the demon lord? <laughs> What's his deal? I mean, I guess it can't be. Uh, is it, it can't be that great of a mystery since he's apparently balling and isn't doing much in terms of destroying the world. So hopefully we won't see any of him like ever, and we don't. It's great stuff. Genzo does have a few traits, like he's super strong and he loves animals and and that's about his uh, personality <laughs> there it is um so, so he loves animals so much that he literally gets overly attached to them and then never lets them go so he spends all his money he goes broke spending all his money for food and then going broke therefore he has to make more he has to take more quests involving monsters and then he tames the monsters and brings them home and he goes broke again the cycle continues endlessly every now and then recruiting a possible anime babe to join his ranks and hopefully there'll be understanding of the way he feels towards animals and i think one of them kind of does but you know how the deal is the only real reason that she kind of understands is because she wants to pipe and she has very leaky plumbing she wants these walls filled in you know what i mean there are a hefty amount of memorable characters we have the princess who summoned my man to the world also known as the buttocks princess we have a wolf girl we have a vampire girl we have a dragon girl i can't even remember seeing a boy at this point but you damn right there are a few of them too <laughs> wolf girl actually has the perfect place in this show since her character wants cash her character is on that green bill. She is on that on money moves. I think it's fantastic. She'll do any damn near damn near anything for her too. So when Genzo gets approached by this hot new brother who wants to defeat the beast men, Genzo suplexes him with ease, and a man drops his sword, and the wolf babe steals the shit and pawns it for petty cash every time. Flawless. Every character is definitely full of life, and the best part of this isekai is that I've never even seen these characters before. All original characters that have their own personalities uh, about Genzo showing off everybody's ass and their separate reactions. Imagine if uh, show me your underwear with a disgusted face, uh, but all the girls in that show, imagine that's the face you get a lot of the time in response. Hard. I can't lie. It's, it's secretly my fetish. I can't lie. The world, uh, the, the world built in is absolutely melons. It's, it's absolute melons. But realistically, I, I didn't really stay here for the world building. I didn't really stay for storyline either, because it's kind of melons too. I stayed for the girls getting exposed because they disrespected the guy and I was not disappointed. I, I will have to cut this kind of short because in actuality there's not really much to say about this show. 
The storyline isn't entirely gripping since um, it is what it is for 12 episodes and then they literally tell us to fuck off to the next show. But there's something strangely comforting about main character avoiding his responsibilities to pursue his passions and animals and where he can go from there. As we really find throughout the plot that Genzo's initial dream was always to retire from wrestling and start a pet shop, which makes complete and perfect sense. But he's irresponsible and don't know how to do it right, so he's bad at it. <laughs> Ultimately, I, I have found this show to be um, so aggressively charming. Genzo is such a lovable, relatable character in his animal passions that it only really makes sense that that the roots in his life would take that. Like, it only really makes sense that the, the, the roots that he would take in his life. The information he gets throughout the world along the journey adds up to the experience he has in the later stages of the plot. And it really starts to be pieced together how much of an idiot he truly is when he realised that in episode 9, he doesn't remember anyone prior to episode 5. So, the man loves animals, and he has the brain of one too. <laughs> huh. Mad. The music is absolutely nothing to amaze or swoon over, um, since, um, since the music is really kind of following a lot of other isekai in a way that the music isn't supposed to be the focal point of the show. The ridiculous and outlandish premise, characters and storyline is supposed to be the main focus which doesn't entirely help me being distracted by the default basic royalty free isekai music in the background. The fact that there's no beach episode or absurd amount of plot has really kind of cemented this show because I low-key kind of waited for something like that, something to remind me that the show isn't all about a dude who loves suplexing. I found myself enjoying the show a lot more uh, occasions than I did in the latter. Because this show is anything less than exciting. It's, it's fucking hilarious. It's amazing. The characters are charming. It's somewhat like Konosuba, except uh, with only one good character. Only one, and no more. So, even though it is isekai trash, it's, it's isekai trash that I, I really enjoy being a part of. This is a 6 out of 10 isekai trash. Good for you. I... Honestly... <laughs> I'm actually really glad I saved this one for last because I watched this movie instead of watching what I had to watch this series and I really fucked up my entire schedule but the fact that this movie made me cry uh, five times before it hit the middle of this movie, this had to be reviewed. I Want to Eat Your Pancreas is a movie about a girl who wants to live and a boy who doesn't seem like he fully wants to. My girl Sakura is introduced to the main boy after he picks up her self-titled book in called Living With Dying, a title so morbid and poetic that you more or less get the feeling she's kind of probably dying, which would be uh, so much more powerful with and harder to decipher if the movie didn't uh, start with the fucking funeral. So we have to go most of the film wondering when the final blow's gonna hit. The movie more or less follows the, the girl and her desire to live, and also the boy as well. The want to continue through life with no feeling that death is over your shoulder. Sakura is a, a kind, energetic soul with literally just the want to exist and be alive in a world that is subconsciously pushing her towards the other side, who lives with her mother and she goes to school and she has hobbies and wants and needs. Oh, and yeah, of course, she has cancer. But, you know, that's just how the story goes. Ultimately, this isn't a love story at all. This is more a story of inspiration. 
The boy is dissociative. He doesn't like people. He doesn't like confrontation. He especially doesn't like to get too attached to anyone due to the fear that one day they'll leave him too. So, you know, the cancer girl gets close first. That's a great move. So, so she comes onto him with the fantastic line, I want to eat your pancreas, which is the name of the movie we can stop watching now. But we miss all the amazing storytelling and character progression throughout the entire movie. Given that the movie revolves around the two characters, we can definitely agree that there's even the slightest bit of character progression in the characters too. I mean, in the other characters too, the NPCs, the, the, the bitchy best friend of Sakura's, she gets somewhat better of a person even in the slightest bit, and just because she doesn't insult the main boy so much for a whole minute, that doesn't mean that that's not character progression. Being less of a bitch and even smiling at the boy who knew your best friend more than you do, more than you did is a sure sign of progression and maybe even growing up which is saddest because this isn't a story of growing up at all it's a story about living and wanting to live moving on i want to eat your pancreas is actually a saying that if you're dying and a part of yours is killing you eating that part of your body will ease the pain and the suffering which is interesting let's talk a little bit more about the final awakening of the series which comes in a two forms we have the main boy who is definitely somewhat depressing and reflective of maybe even our innermost feelings towards human life and how it impacts us negatively, how it shapes a man to be into a shell of a human. And we have a girl whom uh, I explained before. Two entirely contrasting personalities attracted to each other despite it being by perseverance. But hey, perseverance, that gets you laid, said no one ever. But it worked for this girl because she kept on talking to this boy as much as possible, never letting the chance of happiness get away, learning more about him every passing day despite her dying, getting a part-time job at the dude's library just to get, just to spend more time with him despite being terrible at the job. She invites him out, they get meals together, they go to hotels together, they have so much time spent that the understanding comes to more of an envy. And before you know it, both characters are wishing that they were like one another. It's a poetic relationship between the depressed and the dying, one of them wanting to see the world in a more realistic and cynical light, and the other wanting to not see the world anymore, who's comfortable with the world ignoring him and leaving him to die at any possible turn. Which, as character building goes, definitely takes the plot out of the discussion, because at this point I don't even want to see plot anymore. Get those, get them titties out of my face. I'm crying right now. <laughs> Can't tell. Which uh, can be promptly disavowed by the fact that there is a whole beach scene in this, which will count towards the final score because we have genuinely so much life in this movie. So much life like it's running out, like someone's gonna... Oh, oh, oh yeah. And we can definitely see how hard this hits everyone. From the scene in which the main boy sees inside Sakura's suitcase and finds a bag filled of medicines, practically falling out, spilling out at this rate, we're stricken with the strangest feeling. I don't want her to die, but there's absolutely nothing I could do to stop it. Really, I couldn't help but have an amazing time watching this film from front to back. I never paused it, I never looked away from the screen, I stared and I fell in love. And I cried so many damn bloody times and I honestly, I, 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 I kind of liked it, I, I loved it. The music is so flawlessly weaved into the scenes like threads in a jumper, slowly unravelling the entire movie for you. Sometimes there's just no music at all. And I couldn't even put into the biggest of words how amazing this film was. But only the only truest way of explaining how much this movie hit me was, 
and this will be the first time I say it, it hit different. The way that these characters feel, though the way that they act is not in a way that they are aware that they are dying. It's as if they are aware that they have not much time to live. It's always on the positive side of the spectrum. Like, no matter what the rejection, there's always a silver lining in the grand scheme. You, if you can't really get what you want, you can at least get the next best thing. And even better, yeah, just keep on persevering until you get it anyway. Really. If I said any more about the film, I'm so afraid I would destroy the excitement that this film has to give because the film, even with all the information I've given you, still slaps. I still watch it on my ones and I still cry like a little bitch boy after, his, after he, he smashed his own toy train. Like, I know it's my fault, but can you blame these tears? I, I'm gonna give... I'm gonna, I'm gonna give I Want to Eat Your Pancreas like a, a, a solid 10 out of 10. I, I fucking love this film so much. This film broke my heart, this film broke my soul. Every time I watch a film now, I'm just gonna compare it to this one. It's, it hurts, but this film hurt even worse. Why did they have to do that to my guy? Come on, come on, man. That goddammit. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I said it. I said it. I said it. Well, here we are. The end. It took, <laughs> took a damn long time to get here, too. <laughs> but now and then, we get here and there. Wait, no, that's next episode. Now, what was your favourite part of the episode? I... You know, I could really tell how much culture you're taking in these episodes, because that was my favourite part too. Yep, that's correct. I have ascended media and I can hear you through the screen. Your favourite part was when I talked about school days uh, for too damn long. So on that note, let's get to the most anticipated uh, contest of them all. Best girl contenders. So... We have um, uh, Chika from Kaguya Summer. We have Senpai from Magical Senpai. We have uh, Katonaha from School Days. Uh, Hanako from, Kino- from Kimono Michi. And we also have Sakura from I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. Now, who do you think is uh, the best girl? Sense? I-, I can't hear you through the screen anymore. Uh, just, just text your uh, answer to uh, six. Um, just the number six. That should be perfectly fine. Okay, so the votes are in. The winner is quite obviously. I don't even know why I put this up. It's Katanaha from School Days. The waifu that literally do what she wants to, what she wants to do to get that happy ending, to get that nut. And while we're at it, best go runner up with Yuno Gasai from from Mirai Nikki and Sato from Happy Sugar Life. Let's just put every psychotic anime babe on a pedestal, fuck it. In actuality, best girl of the year goes to Chika from Kaguya Summer for being an unknown girl in the world of madness and still kicking it. So, this has been episode 6 of the Weeaboo Corner podcast. I've been your host, best boy, Weeaboo Jimothy, and now... <laughs> oh my god. You, you poor pathetic man, you poor pathetic weebs, you slime, you trash. Get, get the hell out of my corner. <laughs>
Get the hell out right now. Somebody tell me how a titty feels. Little mama gotta tell me how a titty feels. Cause it's been so long and I've been on bows, no cereals. Tell me how a titty feels. I wanna fuck anime hoes. Nigga never care how the story goes. Looking kinda thick like Wario. Breaking up Super Smash Bros. I simp anime hoes in my dick and a couple motherfucker little sis looking thick. Fucking anime girls at the TV feeling kinda freaky. Busting on the nut when I beat me. No swag. When I pull up with the hentai man, got a hoes get mad. Sasuke Naruto, yeah, we.